You're listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast with Monica Woodhams. Influencer Girl Lifestyle is all about connecting you with top entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities who are sharing their secrets to living the influencer life behind the Instagram filters. So get ready to learn the ins and outs about influence, some girl talk, from dating to shopping for Gucci belts, and of course, the all-too-frequent debate over mimosas versus Bloody Marys at brunch. Here's your host and go-to for all things influencer lifestyle, Monica Woodhams. Hey, y'all. I'm here today with Katie Stoka. She's the founder of One Two Cosmetics and the inventor of One Two Lash, the world's first magnetic lash. So I am so excited for her to join us today to talk about what inspired her to invent One Two Lash and how she's made it, you know, this really incredible brand and company that now has grown to over 200 employees. So super cool. So excited to dive into her story. So hey, Katie. Hey, Monica. Thank you so much for joining today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I love to kick off these mm-hmm. interviews with a little this or that. So if you're up for it, we can go ahead and get started. Sure. I love me a nice Cool. So are you an early riser or a night owl? I'm an early riser. I just, I would love to be a night owl. I just feel like it's so much cooler to be a night owl, but I just, I'm an early riser. I, I get up, I start my day, I feel so accomplished. You know, if I can get a lot of things done before most people even hit their office, right now it's working for my life, but my aspiration is, you know, in 20 years that I would be this really hip night owl. Yeah. That's my goal. <laughs> so to help you, with being an early riser, do you like tea or coffee? Oh, Nespresso. Nespresso. Every oh my morning. gosh, I'm drinking Nespresso right now. So I good. love it. I, oh, oh my gosh. We have like this amazing, gigantic Nespresso store and I visit it way too often and try all of the new, you know, the new flavors and all of that, except for not the ice ones, I'm not in the ice. But. And then um, I have a hard stop at 2 p.m. So I'll, I'll have okay. it also after lunch, but I have a hard stop at two because um, that's what Adriana Huffington tells us to do. And I just listen to anything she says. But honestly, it just then really helps you to kind of get your you know, nervous system in check. And then I actually have tea at night most nights after dinner before bed, like a can of or bedtime tea. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. Kind so of the nice reset. Reset. <laughs> Podcasts or books? Oh, so funny enough, I'm hosting a book club tonight at my house. I love my, my book club. We, um, we're we actually talking about a book that a girl in my book club wrote. How cool is that? No so, way. Yeah, that's tonight. That's so, so cool. Uh, I have the most inspiring group of girlfriends. It's really amazing. But I will credit podcasts to changing. It was, it was one of the things that ultimately started to change my mindset on a daily basis. Mm. So I would... I was a news junkie. I in, in college I was a broadcast journalism major, and I just really got into news. And so I was always, you know, I just always felt like, oh, you're sophisticated and you're worldly, and you have to know what's going on every single moment. And and I would have constant just like news radio on in my car. And when podcasts started becoming a you know kind of a thing, it was about the time that I was starting the company. It was about four years ago, and I started turning on podcasts, and I would start listening to people that were uplifting and motivating and interesting and it, I would turn off the news and I would turn on this motivation 
And it fundamentally changed my mindset because now looking back, it's obvious. It's like, okay, yeah, now put fear, 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 yeah. in your head, obviously, like that's going to create some sort of like, and then combine that into like every day, whatever happens with, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you, you know, just putting out little fires every single day. And if you have that fear base of the news combined with your kind of day in and day out, you know, just innate craziness that happens with building your own business, if you actually have the antidote of putting in wonderful wisdom and positive thoughts and interesting conversations of podcasts, it has changed my life. So I literally, I don't even turn on the television anymore. If I'm ever, if I have that rare lunch, you know, in my office that I don't have a meeting and whatnot, I will eat while listening to a podcast. In the car, the podcast, my kids are like, oh God, with the podcast already. And I just, I love them. I, yeah. I, I highly recommend them to people and I will, I'm kind of a, a you know, a podcast like pusher. Yeah. So I think that that's such a huge, you know, observation about the podcast versus listening to the news because, so I studied journalism um, in college and I, I was so used to, you know, like you said, like either reading what's going on every morning or even, or having it on in the background. And that's just what you did to like know what's going on in the world to do quote unquote your part in the world. Right. And it's just so fear-based. And when you're right, like in our business, there are so many, there's a million things that we could be afraid of and have fear creep in and not even know that fear is creeping in. And so that just is a really cool, cool reminder about what you can do every day. It's really subtle. And that energy comes in on such a subtle level. And you just have to be aware of all, because sometimes it's overt energy that you're like, whoa, but then sometimes it's just that subtle energy. And we really need to be mindful of it all, you know, that's happening. And I just think taking those things out, you know, obviously knowing what's going on in the world, but you can get, there's so many ways you can get the, you know, just updates so that you aren't saying, oh, really that happened? But, you know, in a way that you don't have to be, uh, you know, buried in it and having to say, okay, what, you know, you you don't have to know every single detail of things that are going to be probably changing tomorrow in that fear news cycle. Totally, totally. So do you wear a colorful wardrobe or a neutral wardrobe? Oh, my basics are neutral and then I pop color. So I have... um, you know, great accessories, shoes, scarves, purses, all of those mm-hmm. kinds of things that, uh, well, no, the, the handbags I keep kind of neutral as well, but um, clutches, I'll, I'll go um, crazy. Oh, I, I can talk about closets for a long time, so um, I won't go down that rabbit hole, but I think that it's really awesome to invest in a great wardrobe starting early. So I started investing in my wardrobe, and I do use the word invest, and some men make fun of me because they're like, that's a BS excuse to spend money on things. But I'm like, no, 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 it's an investment. There are things that have been in my wardrobe for over a decade. And you put them on and you're like, mm, you feel like you can conquer the world. So I do yeah. think it's important not to blow money on stupid shit. Invest in amazing pieces. And then you can, you know, kind of, you know if you want to have something trendy, throw away, fine, whatever. But it's, it's great to have a curated wardrobe that you don't have, like, you don't want to go to your closet and be like, ugh, I have nothing to wear. I did that mm-hmm. so much in my early 20s. And I'm like, 
now I have invested and curated a wardrobe that is, and you know, with help, I haven't done it all myself, but now I go, I never fight with my paws in the morning. I'm like, it's such a, just an awesome thing to have a great, and it doesn't have to be huge. It's actually the more edited your closet, the easier it is. You pretty much love every or most of the pieces. Yeah, I love that. I actually just started doing that this year, and it feels so much better to open my closet. And, you know, it's almost like, it's like I open my closet and I'm like, this is me. These are my clothes. Uh, Instead of opening and feeling like I'm like in a time machine, like, oh, I wore that to that event in college eight years ago. Right. I don't want to wear it now. Right. And once you start really curating your wardrobe, then you can understand. And then it just makes shopping so much easier. I think we go through, you know, some about 20 pieces for me. And I'm like, no, that's not my style. That's not my fit. That I'm big on, um, you know, dressing appropriately for your, you know, whatever works for you. It's like, no, that doesn't work for me. This does, this doesn't, this does. And then you just, mm-hmm. I don't ever buy pieces that I'm like, hey. If you're like, hey, in the dressing room, like, you're not going to get it home and be like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> you, you know, you need to feel amazing, basically. You know, yeah, those days, put forth a little effort, even if you don't have a, a big meeting or, or whatnot. Because as entrepreneurs especially, if you, you know, you can kind of get into that, ooh, I'm going to put my hair in a knot today because I don't really need to speak to, you know, someone, you know, have a physical meeting with them. Well, there's plenty of times that someone will be like, I'd like to get on a Skype with you and talk about this. It's like, mm-hmm. you need to be pretty polished like at least on some level all the time because it also just helps with your the psychology like if you're just you're sitting so around right. in something that's like just kind of whatever it doesn't make you you're like okay when you feel fierce you're like oh i'm getting things done today yeah no it's such a good point and it and the temptation is there the temptation is real oh it's real <laughs> mimosa or bloody mary why do I feel like I'm saying both to all of these? But um, <laughs> I feel like there's a time and a place. Like, yeah. I go back to my, my college reunion. I went to school in Milwaukee. So in the, with the Black Mary, you have a beer chaser. People in Miami are like, what is going on right now? There are two different drinks, like a Black Mary and a beer. I'm like, yeah, you have to understand. This is like a very Milwaukee <laughs> thing. I don't know if you know what a beer chaser is. Anyway, uh, but most of those are just, you know, adorable and, and fun and, and easy. Right. So. Um, but I don't get to brunch all that often. So, I mean, I'm saying both of them because they're great, but it's really just a pipe dream to have that in my my weekly, you know, vernacular. Right, yeah. I thought for – there was, like, about a week where I thought, oh, it'd be really cute if I did um, Mimosa Fridays for my podcast and the person person who I interview on, like, Friday mornings, we, like – kind of do like a virtual brunch and then I was like this could get out of hand <laughs> we won't do that right well it's also it's like you're basically asking someone to just put an x on their calendar for the day yeah right? exactly it's because like and the rest of your day it's done it's done so maybe you want to do it on a weekend yeah I just I don't, don't want to yeah I know I need to play around with it a little more or so I'm also doing these things where I do girl chats with my friends. So oh, that's fun. Maybe I'll do that for that. Totally. But we'll see. <laughs> um, okay, and here's the last one, and it's takeout or cooking. Ooh, 
What do I prefer? Takeout. What do I do most of the time? Cook. What's your favorite thing to do? Takeout. Well, I, I am kind of a healthy person, so I love to do just something super yummy and, you know, just like, well, if I'm going to do on a, let's, let's, let's be real. I really love Mexican food, right? Mm -hmm. So Mexican mm -hmm. food on like Sunday afternoon, fabulous. Um, but yes. I kind of like to actually go to the restaurant, right? To get it like fresh and like guacamole made by like table side and all of that. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's the way to go. But, um, yeah, so ordering in food, it kind of like, I'm like, it's hard. Like, I feel like only sushi is what can really get to you and still be the temperature that you want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess I, I try to cook as much as I can to keep it healthy. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, the necessary so, thing, because there's so few places that you can really count on the takeout really being what you need it to be health wise. And yeah. so my favorite takeout is probably true food kitchen because of that. And because, you know, like when I, want, I love true food kitchen. It's the best. It is so good. They don't have one here. And I'm like dying. I'm like, please come. When I went to Chicago, whatever it was last year, I think I ate their breakfast or I ate their lunch and dinner like three days in a row. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love that. Like, you know, like it fills you up. It feels good. It feels nurturing. It's kind of like, comforting and comfort food in a way but you just don't feel like you're in a food coma afterward well that's right and i mean i totally put garbage in my system because i just i was just like what else and i feel in my 20s and maybe even it's into my 30s and it's like stress eating and whatever and lately for the last you know i would say five maybe going on 10 years it's just like okay listen do you want to feel like shit afterwards and bloated and gross <laughs> or do you want to feel good and productive and light and you know it's getting easier to eat well, I think, yeah. because of places like True Food and because of other, you know, there's a lot of healthy food. Um, you know, there's people that will also do the food delivery to you that's healthy, which is great. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you, there's kind of not an excuse anymore to, um, you know, try to at least put a grain in there. Totally, totally. Okay, so let's transition now into talking about your journey and inventing one two lash so let's just start from when this was simply an idea or even on the verge of becoming an idea mm. okay so i was a and still i'm a beauty junkie for many years but i wasn't in the industry at all i'm a total outsider i was in so I moved to Miami Beach 15 years ago, got into real estate development sales. If you know what this is, it's like basically if you are selling a condo building on the ocean, I was the sales director on the for that that building. And so beautiful buildings on the ocean, amazing architecture and design, and I get to dress up every single day and you are glammed out basically every day of the week. And so I loved the way that lashes looked. Um, by the way, before that, I was a business consultant in Chicago, and they wouldn't let me wear heels that were higher than, like, three inches and whatever. So I was just in hell having a dress code <laughs> so that I get down to Miami Beach, and I'm like, this is my place. This is where I was always Yes, yeah. Like, and this is, like, in, you know, 2002, 2003, where, like, super high heels were in and, you know, super tight, shiny pencil skirt, you know, down to your knee and that whole look. Anyway, so... Um, 
loved, 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 but I just hated the maintenance of the lashes. And so lash extensions came in, and I tried those, and I loved the look, but the maintenance was seriously for real. I was like, okay, wait a second. You want me to go to the salon for my hair and my nails and my and now my lashes at another appointment on top of my career was very demanding. I had two small children. I was like, oh my gosh, I ended up gluing the lashes on myself, like strip lashes. And I was doing some research on it. I was like, why is this? I'm like, this technology seems really outdated and old to, to glue a strip of lashes on your eye and then like rip off the strip of lashes. Right, yeah. Residual glue on your eyelid that you're picking off for the next like three days. This doesn't seem wise. But I'm just interested <laughs> in it because there's no other solution. And I love the way that it makes my eyes look and it beautifies everyone's eye shape and it makes your the eye color pop and the whole thing. So I kind of call it my shower story when it really came to me because it was it was just it had all come to a head. I was like Saturday evening, I was going to dinner and I was like, do I have time to wash my hair and blow it out and do my glue on the lashes and still spend time with my kids who were like two small kids at the time and before I go to dinner. I'm like, this is such crap. Why are we gluing on lashes? You know, lashes should be like an accessory, like a ring or a watch that you can just simply take on or off. It shouldn't be something that you have to semi-permanently adhere to your face. Like, this is just bizarre. <laughs> and then as I started doing the research, and this technology, they invented all my watches for silent movie stars. It was literally before women could vote, they were, like, doing these strip on, strip blue on lashes. And I was like, okay. Wait a second, I can order a car to my house by pushing on a button on my phone and we are still gluing on these lashes like they were doing to women in like 1918 in the movies. This has got to change. <laughs> so I thought it right then and there. I was like, oh, so it would just be a lash, it would be a lash below and then above and then they would adhere. And I guess that yeah, would just be magnetic technology. So it was, it, it all kind of came together. And that was the, the, the genesis of the idea. And I was like, oh, this, this, there, there could be something to this. And so I was still working in real estate development sales, and I just started really um, doing a lot of research for it. That R&D process that in my head I thought it would take two months mm -hmm. took the better part of nearly two years to get everything. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I did my prototype. Yeah. So I was like, okay, how am I going to figure this out? But not, I didn't want anyone in the industry to find out, right? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to really just keep it secret because I thought it was a great idea. And so I went to the hardware store and got like just a bunch of the, the, the lashes. Or I went to the beauty supply store, got a bunch of lashes, and I went to like a hardware store and got magnetic paint and all these different things that had different magnetic properties to them and I went out to my back patio area and I was like doing arts and crafts trying to figure out a prototype so that I could eventually take it to an engineer and work with chemists and da 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 so um it was it was looking back a crazy crazy time but it was a really you know kind of fun fun start it was just such a different you know I doing something in to create a solution for a problem that I hated and in, in a beauty, you know, kind of in the beauty area that I liked. Mm -hmm. Isn't that so cool that, you know, it's so possible for us to take something that we're passionate about and 
find a solution that not only we're in search of the solution, but we know that other people are in search for that solution as well and just kind of bring all those worlds together. That really came to me in a moment of when my first prototype, not my first probably like my 10th, but the one that actually worked got delivered to my house. I put it on in today's, you know, compared to today's uh, product that I have compared to one two lash. If this is just a clunky prototype, but I put it on and I got chills up and down my spine. I was like, women are going to love this. I really first was selfishly doing it for me to get a simple eyelash solution so that I didn't have to glue it on. But the minute I put it on, I was like, women are going to love this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. So, okay. So you get, so you have that moment and you're like, oh my gosh, they're going to love this. It's going to work. What, what did you need to do next? What did you need to do next to take the next steps in, you know, getting this out there to women? Well, first I needed to conquer my fears of losing (laughs) my very secure. I mean, as secure as an understatement, this was a career that I had worked blood, sweat and tears to get to this pinnacle moment. I was on the most exclusive, amazing project right on the ocean in Miami Beach at the top of my game. And I still had a year and a half left. And I said, do I stay here or do I go and pursue the lashes? And that was a guaranteed, um, you know, there was a lot that was guaranteed for me, but I knew that I couldn't do them both because I put 100% of my efforts into whatever I'm doing. It's just always how I've been. And so I was like, one of these is going to suffer and that's not fair to either one of these. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, even though I was stable, you know, already married with a couple of kids and had a very stable, you know, life, it was still very scary to leave the only career that I had really truly known for the last decade and flourished in. But I said, you know what? You have to listen to that small voice inside that you know is the right voice. Mm-hmm. And get all the noise out. That's really when that's when I started. We were talking earlier about getting the news out and getting the positives in. Once you start doing that, then that small voice starts to become louder. And then you are able to really make the decisions that you know are the right ones. And I knew after just doing that for a small period of time, I knew that the decision that I made was the right one because it was and it's never, I have never looked back. Not one day. People ask me all the time. Do you miss it? Do you miss your real estate? Do you miss that whole, you know, that I think not for a day. And it's not having to do with any disrespect. That was an amazing career. And I loved it. But I know this is what I am doing now. And I have had such, you know, it's just been such an amazing journey. But I knew that I had to to leave one career in order to truly pursue the other. And then basically it took, like I said, about two years, and it was everything having to do with product development. Patent filings, which is a whole other um, you know topic when you're talking about inventions and protection and things like that, which is crucial, and then building a company around it. So I knew that this was going to be amazing for women, but I knew that I needed to build a company around it in order to have it launch appropriately and get out to all the women that it needed to in the appropriate fashion. So I spent about six months on a marketing plan that was very comprehensive. And I look back at it and it really is aligned with everything that I wanted to do. So I took all the business acumen that I had, 
from all the previous uh, work that I had done in different industries. That's what I, I always tell young women that I am speaking with, whether they're building a business or whether they're still in school and just really want, you know, they're like, okay, how do I do it? How do I do it? It's, you really want to know that whatever you're doing right now, even if it's not your dream place, you are learning something right now that is going to, to really benefit you and or you are meeting someone that will possibly be, it could be a, a future colleague, a future mentor, a future investor, Obviously not to look at people as commodities, but just to look at every experience as this is actually benefiting my overall life journey, right? And so, I mean, I, I was saying earlier, I was a broadcast journalist major in college all four years. I was the person that never changed their major. I was like, I'm dead set on this. I'm so focused. I'm going to be on television. I'm going to be doing this, this, this. Graduation day comes, like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I completely, I did not do it for one day. And I was like, oh my God, four years of this. And I'm not doing it for a day. And you have to just trust the process because 20 years later, I'm not saying you have to wait 20 years, but it's many, many times. I, I even used those skill set absolutely many, many times throughout the last, you know, 20 years. But, um, I have been doing a lot, you know, I do a lot of production with my company because we do a lot of online marketing. Mm -hmm. I also just went on HSN last, it was uh, two weeks ago, and that broadcasting training imperative because right. I didn't have to do a whole, you know, the people that don't have that may not have the, the comfort in being in a studio environment like this, but because I have had that, but I was so like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? Why did that happen? You, it's such a waste of time. It's such a waste of time to say, why did I do that? Move on from it and say, it'll, it's, it's going to be used sometime in my, I don't know how, I, do, I don't need to figure it out. It's going to be part of the whole plan. I think that's a huge, huge lesson to remember. And, you know, Every experience is just going to open up more doors if you choose to look at it that way. So true. I love that. So with that, you today you have more than 200 employees, which, I mean, how does it feel to say that even? like? I remember so vividly my very first hire. And... I remember that even before I hired her, I had already gotten into doing a pretty, uh, a pretty decent meditation routine, you know, in the morning and trying to do some visualization exercises. And so when I knew that it was time that I had to hire someone because I just couldn't, you know, you, you know, it's pretty clear when you need to you know, have your first hire, right? Mm -hmm. And then your second and third and all of that. And, um, you know, they're all, they're all very different. But when I was doing my visualization, I said, and it's just, it's so important for everything, even for your, your, your first hire. I said, I really want, you know, someone that would have this and this and this, and, but not like a wish list. This is who I have to have. This is important, obviously, to have your job description and whatnot. But I said, oh gosh, I just, you know, I want all of these, these, you know, things to be manifesting in my life. And at the same time, this would be great. And the person that, that I 
that was, you know, that I was connected with filled all of those those needs and, and even more like she just was such a perfect first employee and so she would even she would even have that um you know the i i would say oh you know would you you know i, I kind of said I, i'm doing kind of a mantra meditation so i'm just going to kind of close my door for a few minutes so just in case anyone you know needs me and she was like oh i love mantras oh and if we actually do them together then it can even be more effective and I was like, oh, great. And, you know, it might sound totally crazy, but I remember it three years ago. We were having our mantra. It was one, two, in a global luxury brand. And it is, it, it, at the time, completely ridiculous. It's me. It's what I'm It's a global luxury brand. We haven't even launched. We didn't even, our website wasn't even live yet. One two is a global luxury brand. I'm like, well, but I I I felt it. I felt yeah. it. I meant I meant it. I mean, it sounds crazy. And today we ship to 95 countries around the world. That's so cool. And you know, I think throughout this whole time that we've been chatting, the power of your mindset just is a reoccurring theme here, and just really staying true to what you know is what you're capable of doing and let me be very clear with this because i don't want anyone to think oh my gosh she must have just been born with this amazing mindset hell no this takes work <laughs> this takes oh, so yeah. much work oh, yeah. in my head, it's like the I hardest was, thing you can do is mindset <laughs> it is the most it's my it, by far my greatest accomplishment is getting out of my head i mm. like Oh my gosh, you know, I, I love the, there's like some wise spiritual teacher that's like the only difference between a crazy homeless person and everyone else is that the crazy homeless person is actually saying what's going on in their mind out loud. Because the rest of us have it, but we just keep it for ourselves. Right. You know what I mean? Like you actually think about that crazy, you know, Tim Ferriss calls it the monkey mind that just keeps on going and going and it's like, okay, control it. And you have control. When you have control of your mindset, there is nothing that that will. The only thing that could really stop you is your own mindset. Which your own mindset is everything that controls your fear and your, you know, at times your capital, you know, your joy levels, all of that. So it's like just get rid of that. But it took so much work. It was. And I, I, it, I worked as hard on my mindset as I did on my company. Right. And there's always going to be layers of it that we're going to need to keep working on. So it's not like you're oh done with your mindset work just Are because you, you oh, grew so your far business. From done, so far from done. So far from it. Oh, my gosh. Like, I feel like sometimes <laughs> the layers that you peel, you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I'm... Now you're kind of getting to the good stuff, which sometimes is even more interesting to feel back and more interesting to conquer. Yeah, absolutely. But just being like, like, just, you know, just chillax about it. It's like, just have a laugh about it. When you have something that goes, when I have like some thought that comes into my head, I literally laugh at it. I'm like, that is so hilarious. Like, I'll even share it with my husband. I'm like, Guess what just came through my mind today? You know, like it was that. And it's like you have to realize that it is just a crazy, funny thing that's going through your Neanderthal mind mm-hmm. of your, you know, brain that is that's just the part that needs a little needs a little help. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So what has been one of the most memorable moments in the last few years with One Two Lash? Oh my gosh, so many. So many awesome moments. And I just really hope that we have so many more because I love to celebrate them with my team. The first one, I mean, I already told you about the prototype one, The oh, when we got the Allure Best of Beauty Breakthrough. That mm. was huge because the Allure Awards are just, so, you know, they, I'm just in such amazing company with yeah. Hulu, you know, and just to get those editor picks. And we really had an amazing marketing strategy where we rolled out to editors first because I wanted to get the beauty industry's approval before we went out to anyone else. Totally. And that's what we did. We really went out and had, you know, conversations. And I would always ask, hey, do you have a minute to, to talk? And I just really want, because I, I was an outsider. I did not know anyone in the industry. I knew them as a consumer knows them, right? As a beauty mm-hmm. journalist, them, as a, as, a, as a reader knows them. And so I'd be like, hey, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to meet you if you have time to chat. And, you know, sometimes people don't have time, but sometimes they're like, hey, I have five minutes. Why not? And then you just get to connect on a different level. That is really awesome. And, you know, I think one of the really cool things about the beauty industry is how innovative it is. And just like, I I do think it's what compared to fashion, there, there's a curiosity component that I think doesn't exist in fashion. My background's actually in fashion. Um, and, um, my last year in fashion, I worked in couture and, you know, there's mm. the design component, yes, that like, you know, try to do something that big breaks boundaries enough for women's wear daily to write about it. But there's not kind of like that curiosity of like what could actually like be a game changer. And I think that that's something that's really cool about the beauty industry. And it really so, is. It really is. I mean, there's a lot in, in our team is constantly thinking about obviously the lashes are our hero product but what's mm-hmm. really great is that our our lap like I, I call them our lash lovers so our lash lovers they are telling us what they want next so we have a whole team we have a whole team and we have an amazing head of development and they are working with the suggestions of our lash lovers our customers saying this is what we want next so every product that we're rolling out is because of what they want. So the very first, after our first round of lashes came out, they wanted the wash. They were like, oh, I'm getting some mascara on it, whatever. And I was like, oh, it's just, you know, you just want to cry. They're like, no, no, no. We want you to develop a wash that'll be specifically for the lashes. And we're like, okay. So that's what we did. And then it has since grown. Obviously, our wardrobe of lashes is growing and continues to grow. And it's all based on feedback from our lash lovers. And... I also think it's really important because as a founder, you can get a little bit removed from that day to day because at the beginning, I mean, at the beginning, three years ago, two years ago, even, I am right. spending my weekend being customer service, right? Mm-hmm. And you're so dialed in, you're so close to it all. And now I, I said, I don't want to get, I want to stay in that zone with our lash lovers and so i have our we have an amazing customer service team and they send me weekly random people from that have contacted customer service so every week i get a random subset of lash lovers and i personally reach out to them 
And yeah, we get to have conversations. And these aren't people that are calling in to say, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I have a great experience. Some people are super big fans, but some people are like, oh, well, I have a suggestion because this was, you know, this could be better and that could be this and this could be that. And I'm like, okay, it's so important to listen to everyone. You can't just listen to your fans because mm-hmm. who is the asshole that just listens to their fans? Like, no, you need to like be a real leader and listen to the people that are saying, hey, this isn't perfect. You got to work on this. And, you know, and then it just it, it helps everyone. It helps the entire team. Absolutely. And especially because you set out to create a product that solved the solution. So just being in that space where you're continuously looking for solutions to make something better, I think that that's really like what stands out in the long run. Right. Absolutely. We want to be, our motto is making beauty effortless because what I would say, women, we don't need another seven step you know, thing in our beauty routine, like just come on, no one needs that. So yeah. how can we take what we're doing and make it more effortless? How can I identify lashes at home by yourself in moments without having to go to the salon, but then you can take them off without having the residual glue and the allergy issues. And right. so, and that's what we're continuing to do. So all of our new products solve a problem. Right. And I love that because, so for my personal experience, I like, fake eyelashes freaked me out because of the glue and it seems so high maintenance and then extensions I would either hear like horror stories or I don't even know and when my friend told me about one two lash and that she sweared by them I was like okay that is something that I can handle I can totally do that and right so, that's awesome yeah so it's it's one of those things where even when she told me I was like wait why why hasn't this been around longer? <laughs> it seems like it makes so much sense. I know that we got a lot of that. It was so great when we first went out to the beauty editors in 2016. So I, I started the company in 2014 and then we spent about a year doing, um, kind of preparing for it. And then in 2016, when we went out to all the beauty editors, they were like saying just that this is this is the solution we've been waiting for. Why hasn't this been, you know, I wish I would have thought of that kind of thing. And that was just really great to hear. We love that positive, you know, that positive feedback from the beauty editors. But what I like about it is because there are, so there are a contingent of people like me that were glued them on and we're just like, we need a better solution. Or the people that are going to the, the salon and the extensions are so beautiful. But they're like, mm, I just can't always make it to the salon or I really just don't want to have that extra thing on my calendar. And so for, for these lash lovers, we are, you know, kind of doing a quicker in-home solution. But then we have a whole other contingent of people just like you who have never tried them because there's an intimidation factor to lashes. And so they just said, I don't want to try this. So that's what's so cool is that, and I have done this with hundreds of women. I go into their bathrooms or they come, you know, sometimes I invite people over. And in the early days, we would have, you know, local beauty editors over. And I would show them how to apply, and they would look in the mirror, and that moment—that is my favorite moment when someone looks at themselves and their expression changes because they're like, "Ah, it's me, just a little beautified." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a cool moment. I love seeing women see themselves and just their shoulders kind of go back and they just stand up a little bit and they have a little bit of like, I'm just like, yes, take that with you. Take that moxie with you. Yeah. 
And and isn't that so cool that it can literally be something that shifts that quickly just to make our day a little bit more confident, a little bit more enjoyable, a little bit more fun. It doesn't have to mean like, you know, booking the flight to Bali. It can right. really be so much more simple. Right, exactly. They're all all being taking time to say, Oh my god, this is great and having it actually uplift you for a second, huge. Because you're going to have the ticket to Bali, which is also awesome. But if you're not happy in that, oh my God, you flashed to make me look great. Oh my God, I just got this wonderful looking dress. Oh my gosh, I just got this. Oh, I just got kind of, you know, a little uh, look from a stranger on the street. You know, something just mm-hmm. kind of fun. Oh, I just got this. I just, I just wrote uh, a blog post that was like, I think that this is like very, you know, that, you know, just kind of kick ass, whatever. It's all those little things. Because if you don't celebrate the little things, people that don't celebrate the little things, when the big things come, you're not going to know how to celebrate. So don't mm-hmm. play it around like, oh, as soon as this gigantic thing happens, then I'm going to accept this champagne glass. No, like you have to be, I am like every single day, there are things that, it, again, it has to be a practice at first. You kind of got to force yourself into it. Come on, shitty days, you're like, I am grateful for freaking nothing like this sucks. I don't like anyone right now <laughs> and whatever but it's like no you have to get in that practice mm-hmm. of being grateful for those three or five things so that they can just be on a default mode right absolutely so one last question about one two lash and how far you've come before we dive into the lifestyle piece but with a product that is innovative and is one of those moment one of those products that people are like how did this not exist before i'm sure comes quote unquote copycat products so how have you navigated kind of within yourself like you know not getting hung up on what other people are doing or imitating you or anything like that and just you know staying in your own lane Right. So huge challenge because I was the one that thought of it. I invested it, did an R&D for two years, launched it, and then all of a sudden you get national acclaim and then 60 days later you have copycats. So for sure, sleepless nights, for sure, had to dig deep, for sure, moments of like, you know, rage, like, you didn't have a shower story, you asshole, quit calling my shit, you know, definitely those moments. But then at the end of the day, it's like, who's going to be better? The person that's going to just keep on working and you've created a company and now this company is going to keep on working and we are already three years ahead of you. So we are, we are hand tools in the United States. Okay. So we do everything here. We have a 37 step process. We know we have the best magnet lashes because we're the OG. We have the beautiful case that can, you know, people are reusing the, even the, you know, the case you can, you can just close and throw it in your makeup bag. The bottom is ferromagnetic, and so the lashes, you know, stay in place. You can use them multiple times. It's just for the best of the market. But we're also creating a company where we're not only three years ahead on the lashes, but we are also years ahead on developing our our, our line, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just you can either get caught up in what they're, you know, they're just copycat. They don't have any original ideas, so they're just going to copy you, and then they're going to fizzle out. And so you have to be very smart. Obviously, you have a, you know, you have a, a you have, you, because you've done the work with establishing it with the USPTO and you have your, you know, attorneys and you have all of that, 
But as a founder, you can't, you have to be as involved as you can be, and then you let them do their work, and then you just work on creating the best business that you can while keeping your mindset straight and knowing that, you know, copycats are just copycats, and the original is, is a brand, right? So the original is the brand. Okay. And also, listening to podcasts and understanding most products get ripped off, okay? Yeah. And the copycats just don't win because at the end of the day, everyone knows they're the copycats. I mean, I'm not buying a purse on the street. You know, it's just, it's not happening. So I'm going to buy my lashes by, the, you know, the original people that are, you know, hand tools here and that, you know, we have a whole team of uh, customer service experts and, you know, if you want to exchange, if you want a different type, we have now seven types and our order was growing so you can exchange out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's a challenge, but you also, you just, just like anything else in life, if you get bogged down in the ship, you're going to be sitting in the ship. I don't want to be sitting in the ship. Right. I love that. That's I huge. I don't like using curse words and I don't know if that's No, it. you're good. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> I have the it's little explicit off. mark on the podcast just in case. <laughs> so... Okay, so let's dive into the lifestyle question. So what was your morning routine today? My morning routine usually stays pretty much the same Monday through Friday, so I like to be the first person up in the house just so I can kind of get my stuff straight. So I like to wake up, have a little water with fresh lemon in it. Apparently that makes your body alkaline or something. <laughs> not, not acidic. I'm like, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I just worked in a wedding situation that's taught me to do, so I'm just like, okay. Squeeze the lemon, chug the water. Sit down in my meditation area and just do today. My meditation was highly unsuccessful. I think it was like, I don't know, seven minutes long, but at least I'm, you know, so if I would have had a 20 minute meditation, I may have been a little bit more calm and relaxed. But when I have like, you know, shorter ones, at least, as my friend says, even two minutes makes a difference, right? Mm -hmm. I do a little breathing exercise and a little meditation. On the good ones, you get like really good ones, and you do like visualizations, all that. That was always mm-hmm. great. So um, then, you know, my kids wake up. We watch two minutes of headlines. We watch a little sports center top ten. Get a little avocado toast in. Take my kids to school. Do the, you know, start start the jam right. Yeah. Start the day. Yeah. And no day is the same. That's the beauty of, of <laughs> what what I do. What we all do, totally. right? Totally. And then what is your favorite lifestyle hack, tip, trick? It can be beauty, wellness, fashion, lifestyle, anything. Um, A shameless plug for One Two Lash um, is obviously my (laughs) overall. That is my biggest beauty hack. It's so true, though. It is totally a hack. Tinted moisturizer, One Two Lash, and lipstick, and you actually, you know, can can go out and and face the world. Um, So I love that. It's my hack. Um, and I, I just, I, I don't know, there's a million things. I just it, try to eat something that has, or drink something that has something great in it every day mm. is what I had to teach myself. And, you know, it just, it just kind of helps everything. Yeah, totally. I love that. And y'all like, seriously, these lashes really are a hack. My friend Haley, um, she's the one who, so she she's doing this thing where she's um kind of trying to like up level day-to-day things about her life 
And so... Love that. Yeah, so one of the things was the one-two lashes. And because, you know, it's something that doesn't take forever to do, she can literally just, like, do her makeup routine, put on the lashes, and she already feels like she totally up-leveled her day. So... That's so great. Thank you. That's one of my my little awesomes for today. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Heidi. She was so excited that I was talking to you today. Uh, Tell her hi. I will. I will. So where can everyone find more about you and where can they buy some One Two Lashes? Yeah. So follow us on Instagram, One Two Cosmetics. And so we spell it out, O-N-E-T-W-O Cosmetics. That's where you can also uh, buy the lashes, obviously, on our website, which is also 1-2 Cosmetics. And when you follow us on Instagram, we also, um, we have really just some fun interactive ones. We love when you tag us when you're wearing them as well, because we love having lash lovers pictures as inspo. And then my personal, I'm just getting into IG myself. Okay. Um, I, I was a resistor for a while. Not a resistor, I was just like, uh, who has time for this? I'm like, no, 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 no. Once you kind of get away from your, I'm too busy, which is such a bullshit thing to say, because <laughs> everyone has the same amount of time of the day. Like, people that say they're busy or they have allergies, I'm just like, stop talking to me. Um, every, like, get a, get a grip on, on all of this right now. So, um, I started getting into Instagram, so I am Katie.Stoka, and I'm Katie with a Y, like, K-A-T-Y, .Stoka, S-T-O-K-A, if anyone wants to, um, you know, send pictures of them in the one too much, I always love seeing all the different looks, it's so cool. Yes, perfect, amazing, well, thank you so much for, thank you so much, Katie, for joining me on the podcast today, this has been such a fun chat, you're seriously so cool that you've been able to create such an innovative product and I just I mean it's really cool to just hear how you committed to doing something committed to solve a solution and make it happen thanks for having me it's been a lot of fun Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle. Love this episode? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free resources on living out your influencer lifestyle, head over to monicawoodhams.com forward slash podcast.